You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. It's time now to get our regular view from the US. I am joined by RTHK's international economics correspondent, Barry Wood. Good evening to you, Barry. (laughs) (laughs) And good morning to you, Carolyn. Now, excellent to speak to you. We've heard a lot about the ongoing United Auto Workers Union strike. And earlier this week, we had President Biden visiting the picket lines. Now, Donald Trump has also been in Michigan, hasn't he? But what's he been up to there? Well, he's there right now, and he is speaking just north of Detroit in Macomb County, only about 30 kilometers from where President Biden was 24 hours earlier. And I've been watching his speech. It's classic Trump. You know, I'm fighting for you. People were holding up banners saying union members for Trump. But, of course, the UAW, which really despises him, is not part of this. But some of their members are there, I'm sure. Anyway, it was, um, you know, Joe Biden has ruined the country. Crooked Joe. It was classic. And it's very different from the speech that Mr. Biden gave. Mr. Biden said, you know, I'm on your side, which is the first time that a president, by the way, has joined a picket line. And in fact, taken the worker's side in a dispute. So, you know, the president went after that part of his audience and they all cheered. But I think the numbers will probably reveal that Donald Trump has attracted a much bigger audience. I could not see from the television cameras outside the hall. He's speaking to a company that's only got 150 employees and it's non-unionized. But there apparently were people crowded outside with loudspeakers listening. So it's all becoming very, very political, seemingly, rather than a a fight for kind of fairer wages for the workers. Yes, I think that's true, Carolyn. Look, Michigan is the birthplace of the auto industry in the United States. It is a state that uh, the United Auto Workers is a dominant force in Democratic Party politics along with the teachers uh, and local government workers. Uh, This is a state which has a Democratic governor. Uh, They voted in 2016 for Donald Trump, but in 2020 for Joe Biden. So it's ironic when you think about it that um, Donald Trump could be running for office if he's the candidate from behind bars. And it seems that every time he's indicted, (laughs) his popularity among voters, at least among Republicans, goes up. So it's it's a very interesting sideshow. And who knows what it means or how it will play out. Right. Let's get on to the what this all means for the future of the audio, uh, the auto industry, what it's telling us about the industry, because we've got companies like Tesla, the electric vehicle maker, hiring people for its Cybertruck project. So are we effectively just going to see a wholesale shift as as we move towards cleaner vehicles for the environment? Yes, we are seeing that shift. And that's something that President Biden does not want to talk about. He's trying to steer a middle ground of embracing electrification for automobiles and still calling on the United Auto Workers, which is terrified of electric vehicles because they require fewer workers and fewer parts. And Donald Trump 
tonight just laid into that. He said, and this was his one reference to the UAW, he said, you know, I'm on your side, but you're fighting for more money, but in two years you won't have a job because of Donald Trump's, because of Joe Biden's policies. But you're right. Look at Tesla in Austin, Texas, where they're going to build the Cybertruck, and they, it's their biggest plant in the United States. They already have, Carolyn, 20,000 workers at that plant, and they're expanding. In Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, the unionized states, the auto industry continues to shrink. And the big Detroit three companies, Ford, Stellantis, and General Motors, they're doing poorly. Something like 60 to 80% of all of the electric vehicles produced in the United States come from Tesla. So, so do you think these big three that you just mentioned there, they really need to up their game and actually work on a transition towards electric vehicles? Yes, and they're stuck. In, in a sense, they're stuck just like President Biden. Uh, the head of Ford, Jim Farley, has said, hold it. If we cave to the union demands, we'll be bankrupt. So you've got a company, and let's take three companies, that have a shrinking share of the electrification market, and yet they're having much higher wage structures already than Tesla, or for that matter, the companies from Europe and from Asia that are located in non-union states here in America. So if they agree to 20%, 30% wage increases, that's going to make them even less competitive. So yeah, it's a very difficult problem for lots of players in this. And that's why I think what happened these 24 hours in Detroit really is significant. It's like two candidates seeing the same problem very differently, coming to completely different conclusions. Trump rages against electrification, say it's all for China. Joe Biden says we're going to make this stuff in America and we're going to win. But he speaks for seven minutes and gets out of town. So what does all of this mean for the, the clean energy agenda, which I, th I think is something that President Biden had been pushing? Yes, and he continues to push it. And uh, Donald Trump a few minutes ago was saying, why did the auto companies go along with these demands to electrify? Because Trump is anti-environmental. That's not to say that he's you know, against everything that's environmentally friendly, but he's certainly against this mandated auto electrification by 2030, 2035. So what's going to happen? I don't think we know. But so far, the companies are very much in lockstep and saying we're in the midst of a historic transformation. And of course, Tesla only makes electric cars. Now, in a few seconds, we've not got long left. Do you think the workers are going to get what they want at the end of all of this? No, I think that um, they'll get something, but they're not going to get a four day week. They are already making far more than school teachers or firemen. And, you know, so far the media has been very much on their side. But no, I don't think they're going to get what they want. But I've been wrong on lots of things, so I could be wrong on this as well. <laughs> well, let's finish it there. Thank you so much for joining me with The View from the US, RTHK's international economics correspondent, Barry Wood.